Today on Ag News Daily. Listeners, this Friday episode is brought to you by Mystic Lubricants. For a full range, for a full look at their range of top quality products, visit mysticlubes.com. Cassidy Zirkel joined by Tanner Winterhoff this morning. Tanner, how are you? Good. We got a rainy November 4th. It uh, has just kind of been drizzling off and on since about three o'clock in the morning. So a pause to harvest here in Iowa, at least central Iowa, for those that are still at it or working on some fall tillage. Well, I wish it was d- drizzling here, Tanner. When I took my dog out this morning, it was pouring rain and is set to the rest <laughs> of the weekend. So might even get some snow on Monday. Oh, yikes. Yes, that, uh, that's not something that I would be looking forward to at all. Well, what we can look forward to is after news today, our probably last Farmer Friday conversation. But before that, let's get into a little bit of the news. The Department of Energy said Thursday it has sold 15 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, selling off the final tranche of oil from the 180 million barrel drawdown ordered by President Joe Biden in March. The DOE stated in their statement that they awarded Phillips, Marathon, Shell, Valero, Macari, and Equinor these deliveries. They're slated to begin December 1st through the remainder of the month of December. The sale comes nine months after he first announced the release of 180 million barrels of oil from U.S. emergency stockpiles. Of course, this is the largest and fastest drawdown that has happened since it was created in the 1970s. The move was intended to provide the U.S. consumers relief on soaring gas prices caused by the war in Ukraine. But now it seems like it is causing an opposite issue because of the shortage in our reserves. Sales have also depleted the SPR down to its lowest point in the last four decades. And now the United States will face a decision with the Energy Information Administration creating a plan to start building back those reserves. Now the stockpile is just under 400 million barrels. There's concern from analysts as to how we will recover and build back in case of an actual emergency, such as a natural disaster or major military conflict. So we'll see, Cassidy, what the plan is to start building back those reserves. Well, Tanner, something else that needs a lot of building back is the food security across the globe. The UK is trying to help in this by investing in West Africa's agriculture sector. They've set aside 450,000 euros for the ECOWAS Rice Observatory to reduce dependency on imported rice and ease food insecurity, support trade, and create jobs in Ghana and throughout Africa. Nice. That's a, a good investment. Hopefully it pays off as things continue to you know, move towards potential food shortage throughout the area i tell you what still talking across the pond britain britain is focusing on their holiday turkey haul so the largest grocery store realtor sainsbury's britain's second biggest supermarket group my mistake 
has ordered more turkeys for Christmas this year than they did last year. So obviously we focus on turkeys here for Thanksgiving, Cassidy, but they use uh, turkeys as a prime staple for their Christmas holiday meal. Since Britain is also facing its largest ever outbreak of the bird flu, they're seeing a rapid escalation in the number of commercial farms that are taking on precautions, but now hoping that it doesn't provide a shortage of turkeys for Christmas. So they have stated that the chief executive for Sainsbury has ordered more overall turkeys than what they sold last year. He also is making it very clear that the frozen turkeys have already been called and in freezer storage. So this is not taking directly out of the market, but Casty as bird flu continues to hit the U S and we reported earlier this week on another Iowa flock taking a hit. We're pushing nearly the record levels of euthanasia for birds in the United States. Maybe we're going to have an issue come Thanksgiving. Maybe not this year, but possibly looking at it next year as uh, inventories are going to be dwindling. But some grocery store chains looks like they are beginning to stock up. Well, Tanner, that is something to keep an eye on as we go through this holiday season. I, for one, will not be cooking a turkey as this is my first Thanksgiving where I have to cook myself. I don't trust myself <laughs> to fry a turkey. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, you can go get a turkey breast and you can cook that and have the same great <laughs> I'll make a turkey sandwich for my husband. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Staying on the track of food insecurity and food shortages, I'm kicking it over to Egypt, who is hosting COP27 starting this weekend, the UN's climate summit. And they're going to focus a lot on climate change and the climate-fueled food crisis which is fitting for it to be in Egypt as they're experiencing a lot of food insecurity on their own. And all of Africa, like we mentioned before, is really struggling with this, not only because of Russia, Ukraine, like we've said in past months reporting on the war, but also COVID-19 caused a major setback. And all of this has increased the worldwide food insecurity numbers to 222 million suffering from food insecurity. That's a big number. Before I get into my next story, let's pause for a message from our sponsor today. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Well, Cassidy, there are dozens of tankers idling off the coast of Europe, holding out for higher prices as the natural gas market continues to rise in. So companies are hoping to cash in. Nearly 30 plus ships are carrying natural gas worth over $2 billion, according to Vortexa data. European natural gas prices have fallen since summer, but traders are anticipating that they will begin to rise as temperatures start to fall. So 30 tankers are carrying liquefied natural gas set idle off of Europe's coast as traders are holding out for higher prices. So we talk about fuel shortages and monitoring those markets. But here, back stateside, the EPA is still considering conversations around setting the renewable fuel standard, which requires gas and diesel blended with a minimum volume of renewable fuels. Small refiners can also petition 
during this process to the EPA to be exempt, exempt from fulfilling those RFS obligations. We reported that headlines stated a lot of ag groups were supporting the EPA's decision to decline nearly 60 exemptions, and that is going to continue to be a focus. The Government Accountability Office, GAO, found that small oil refineries are paying more than larger competitors to fulfill their blending obligations. This means that due to their experience and economic hardship, it might be necessary to grant these exemptions. So who knows, these 69 petitions, Cassidy, that are in the news right now could receive partial approval rather than full approval as they don't want to provide economic hardship, but they still want them to meet the required minimum standards. So again, headlines for us to continue to watch. Definitely, Tanner. Thank you for keeping us updated on things that we need to keep our eye on. Now, a price that won't probably be rising might actually be lowering is the price of squid. The Okinawa Institute of Science and Technology has announced that they think they've made a breakthrough in commercial squid farming. It has long been said that Squid cannot be commercially grown, but this institute says through their research, they've found a new method that is cheap, efficient, and results in high hatching and high survival rates of the squid. Now, lots of animal activists are saying this is not a good idea because squid are carnivorous. It looks like this is going to have to take fish and wildlife from other struggling aquaculture industries in order to feed a commercial size squid farm. So we'll see how this plays out, but it's definitely good news for Japan if it does work out because right now they import most of their squid from South America because they consume so much. Wow. I had no knowledge of the squid industry before that reporting. That's just an interesting one to take a look at. One more break here for a message from our sponsor today before we wrap up with news and get into the markets. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Well, Cassidy, last headline that I have is South Korea scrambled more than 80 fighter jets after detecting North Korean warplanes in an amount of nearly 200 during the middle of the day yesterday. So warplanes were looking and searching during a four-hour period on Friday, the country's military said, in further escalated tensions. The South Korean military said it spotted about 180 North Korean military aircraft between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., after uh, it believed the North Korean army had failed a attempt at testing an intercontinental ballistic missile. So tensions are continuing to be high. The military drills began between U.S. and South Korea last week, and we'll see if the U.S. gets involved in further monitoring now. Wednesday, of course, we reported that there was 23 missiles launched from North Korean coasts. That was the most in a single day. And now this is the most airborne planes over the area since more than 20 years. So uh, more tensions, Cassidy, for us to keep an eye on. Hopefully 
it doesn't involve the U.S. We obviously know where the support lies there. But did you have any more news before I get into the markets and wrap up our Friday episode edition? Tanner, just a last little headline here from the Pacific Northwest up here. Um, The wolf and grizzly bear situation is getting pretty rough for ranchers around here. Oregon wolves were responsible for the loss of five head of cattle and depredations of five goats in October. And Washington reported two confirmed wolf depredations on livestock in October. And this has led to some killings of wolves being a Approved in certain packs, but it's still a big struggle for not only Oregon and Washington, but also Montana, California, and Wyoming. So this is something we'll have to keep a lookout on throughout the winter. Yeah, we've had a couple of more frequent bobcat sightings here in Iowa this fall, but certainly not good for those ranchers. But as we close out the November 4th edition here, as we record mid-morning, Corn is up two cents across the board, putting the December contract at 681 and a quarter, the March contract at 686 and three quarters. Soybeans, the largest gainer on the day, up 25 cents, both for November and January. November's at 1451 even, and January contracts at 1462 and a half. Uh, Chicago wheat down four cents on the day. The December contract at 836.20 and 855.40 for March contract itself. When we roll over to the livestock markets, live cattle for December, down just a penny to 151.85. The February contract of live cattle, 154.57, up or down 30 cents. Feeder cattle also down just a quarter, 177 and three quarters. Lean hogs are basically even it looks like the contracts for both december and february even on the day december 8 83 dollars and 37 cents february 87 27 as we sit here midday but let's get into that last farmer fry yay conversation a short one but i think tells the story about where progress is throughout most of the corn belt here we go Listeners, super excited to have a guest here with us today, Zoe Kent from Kent Farms. You may know her as Farm with Zoe on TikTok. Zoe, thanks so much for joining us. Yep, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So first of all, can you just give us a little bit of your background, where your farm is and how you got into it? Yes. So we're located in Crawford County, Ohio. Uh, I am the eighth generation on our farm. This is my first year being the owner. Uh, The past three years, I was in a partnership with my dad, but he decided he was ready to hand the reins over this year. Very cool. So I know we talked a little bit before our conversation started here about y'all finishing up harvest. How did harvest go and what were your biggest triumphs and trials through it? Yes. So our biggest triumph for sure was that we were done on November 2nd. We are always thrilled if we have the crops off by Thanksgiving and then tillage done by Christmas. So this is way, way ahead of schedule. Um, Mother Nature just really decided that it was going to shut off dry and we had two rain days. And so that was definitely our biggest triumph. And we only had a few minor breakdowns, so that really helped out as well. Awesome. And where are y'all located exactly? Um, Crawford County, Ohio. It's about an hour north of Columbus. Okay, very cool. So what are y'all's main crops on your farm? 
So this year we were two thirds beans, um, one third corn. Typically we're just uh, split 50-50, but we wanted to get some of our field locations um, kind of straightened out. So just you, typically 50-50, but this year two thirds beans. Awesome. So leading out of harvest into winter, what are some of the things you're doing to prepare for the spring over the winter season? Yes. Um, so we we uh, made some uh, temporary fixes on equipment <laughs> to get us through the end. And so uh, my full-time employee, JD, he is an awesome mechanic. And so he will go through all of our equipment and do all the maintenance. And I'll just help with the cleaning aspect of that and the hauling grain. Um, and then just a little bit more tillage to do this this fall and we'll be set for spring. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about your TikTok account. What led you to join that and how'd you get so big? Was that kind of a goal of yours or how did you, how did it come about? Um, yeah, so I started posting um, about a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, I had a friend who was on teacher TikTok and he was having a lot of fun with that. And he wanted me to have a thousand followers so I could go live with him so that um, he could show people farming because he thought that I was cool. So my goal was to get a thousand followers and it, it took off pretty dang quick. Um, so we didn't really look back after that. I try to post family friendly farming videos. We try to keep it funny and light. Um, and then recently this month, I decided to switch over to posting on Instagram as well. And that I, I got 80,000 followers this month alone. So people on Instagram are really excited about farming. <laughs> That's awesome. I think the farm talk and the farm Twitter and farm Instagram has really taken off and done a lot for our industry. And we're really thankful for what you're doing with it. Yeah, it's it's been really fun. And it's been it's been fun educating people that are really curious. And we have a lot of conversations with people who we ask, what can we do to help con consumers trust us more? What can we do to build our brand? And that's what they're saying is using social media. So congrats on being ahead of the curve. <laughs> Thank you. It's It's been fun. Well, Zoe, tell our listeners where they can find you, if they want to work with you, find you on TikTok, things like that. Yep. I'm at Farm with Zoe. Zoe is just Z-O-E. Um, shoot me a message. Tell me how your guys' harvest is going. I love interacting with people. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, Tanner, always excited to have a conversation with a TikTok star, Zoe Kent. Uh, listeners, if you don't follow her along on social media, definitely worth the follow. Very entertaining and great for the farming industry. Absolutely. I'm bummed. I missed this conversation. I'm a huge fan of Zoe's. If you want to hear more about her, we do have a farm for profit episode where we had a really great time getting to know her and her family's operations. If you want to dive deeper, switch on over, go back a couple of months because it was pre-harvest and enjoy that conversation. But don't forget to follow us on all social media challenges. But for this week and for today, what do you say? Should we let the listeners go? Let's let them go.